Atop of the 12th floor of the Remax World Headquarters, you're listening to Start With a Win with CEO Adam Contos. And hello from top of the 12th floor here at Remax World Headquarters in Denver, Colorado. It's Adam Contos with Start With a Win and a very very special guest with me here today. I have an icon in the industry, basically the guy who transformed the real estate industry into the way that it is today and continues to build upon the real estate industry, the co-founder, chairman of the board, and grand poobah of Remax, Mr. Dave Linegar. Welcome to the show. Thanks, Adam. We're super honored to have you here today. And uh, we, we look forward to, to kind of talking through some some basically some of the history of Remax, some of the wisdom that you've gained in growing this business from back in 1973. So why don't you um, take us back? Why did you start Remax? What got you into this? It's really a long story. I'll try to make it as quick as I can. Um, I started flipping houses uh, in the 1960s. I was uh, in the United States Air Force, first stationed in Tucson, Davis Monthan Air Force Base, later stationed in uh, Arizona, Mesa, Tempe, at Arizona State University as an ROTC instructor. And so uh, when you're a sergeant uh, making $99 a month in the Air Force, that's not much of a living. And uh, I had read books on uh, buying, selling, and fixing up houses. And I actually started doing so. The first one was $10,000. Six months later, I made a $5,000 profit on it. Well, that just beat the heck out of $99 a month. So somewhere along the line, I decided I had to get a real estate license, not to be a real estate agent. I was very shy, farm boy from Indiana. But I wanted to save the commission on my own personal investments. And I ended up placing my license with a company called Ed Thurkill Realty. And uh, they had lots of branches throughout the Phoenix area. Uh, But really, I was just putting the license on ice. But I watched a lot of these people, and uh, they weren't very productive. But uh, every two or three months, somebody would make a sale. And it was interesting how old they were. Uh, Some of them were in their 50s and 60s, which to me seemed like ancient history. I was in my late 18 or 19 years old or so. And uh, I started thinking, well, maybe I could sell. I struggled. I tried. I was a part-timer. But eventually, hit my stride, did extremely well. Uh, I moved from that 50-50 company to Realty Executives for three months. Realty Executives was the original rent-a-desk, 100% concept. And then I made a decision to leave the desert when I got out of the military. I hated the desert. And I'd heard about God's country, which was Denver. And uh, we moved up here with my sales record. I interviewed with nine or ten companies, got selected by all of them. Uh, the best company was Van Scock and Company, and I worked for them for a year. Um, it was interesting. I had enjoyed the freedom of the 100% concept, uh, but I loved the structure of Van Scock. They were incredibly successful. 
Average man made 50000 a year on a 50-50 split in 1971. And that's when the average full-time realtor in the United States made $5,000 a year. Um, but after a year with them, I just kept remembering the freedom I had to set my own commission rate, uh, do my own marketing campaigns, pay the bill myself, but keep more of the money for myself. Uh, I thought about starting my own one- or two-person company, but I realized that's kind of a dead end. And that's kind of the transition most people made. Uh, you get into business. If you uh, were around a couple years later, you start thinking 50% of the commission isn't very fair. It doesn't cost much to open your own business. And so you'd start your own small business, but you lost brand, market share, camaraderie, uh, all the big tools you got with the big company. And so from the first day, I said we were going to create the largest real estate company in the history of the industry. Uh, that we were going to be a hybrid. We were going to take the best concepts of the rent-a-desk, which was negotiate your own commissions, build your own marketing campaign, run your own business your way, and keep the profits for yourself. But I wanted to add to it the tremendous management and leadership that the Van Scott Company had, which was home trade programs, training programs, major advertising campaigns, lead generation, and uh, we're off and running. That's amazing. So you've... Uh You've combined some of the uh, the best concepts together in the real estate industry, but you touched on a point I want to I want to dig a little bit deeper on here. You talked about the men of the Van Scott Company, uh, and you've been monumental in, in opening up the real estate industry to more than just the men that were doing the business in 1971. Tell us a little bit about that. Well, women were just starting to come into the real estate industry in the early 1970s. Before that, it was primarily a sport that was participated in by older, white-haired, retired, uh, second-career men. Uh, they left the military. They left teaching. They left uh, government. They had a steady paycheck. They could afford to work on a commission. And so in a 10-year period of time, starting late 60s, uh, NAR went from virtually very few women to within a decade, 65% of the sales force was female. The old line companies were at first very much against women coming in the business. They kidded about it. They said they were part-time housewives. Uh, they really weren't serious about the business. Uh, but in reality, the business was great for women. A, a lot of times women graduated from college and if they were in uh, medicine, they became a nurse, not a doctor. If they were in law, they became a paralegal, not a uh, attorney. And obviously, over the last four or five decades, that's entirely reversed. Now, over 50% of the doctors, 50% of the engineers, 50% of the attorneys are all women. So the world changed. But back then, very prejudiced as an industry against women to begin with. I did not understand that. Uh, my wife uh, was a woman. I loved her. My sisters were women. My mother was a woman. And I just couldn't understand uh, prejudice of any kind. And so we openly embraced women coming into the business, whereas the biggest two companies in town refused to hire any women for over five years after I started Remax. And uh, the women that uh, you brought into Remax started going out and really uh, 
taking over the business, right? They were really serious about the business. We didn't have part-time housewives. We had a lot of single women that uh, had children that had to make uh, good money to have a living. And uh, they were darn serious about the business. And obviously, the statistics proved that full-time people, male or female, make virtually the same incomes if they're top producers. Um, It was a difficult concept to push. Everybody looked at me and said, well, it sounds great on paper, but uh, you're awful young. We've never seen it work before. If it works, we'll join you someday. But if everybody sits on the sideline, uh, it's kind of a disaster. You've got to have some people take the chance with you, right? And a lot of times it wasn't the best producers. It were the mavericks, the entrepreneurs, the misfits, or whatever it might be. Amazing. So, Incredible, challenging first beginning. Why? Let me let me ask you a question. A lot of people ask this: Why Remax? What's the name stand for? And how did you get to that? Oh, I thought it was very unprofessional to call a company after yourself. Uh, I look at car dealerships, and they all want to be their own name. Uh, uh, Watch a lot of realtors; they all want to be their own name. Uh, the situation we were creating was we were going to create the most successful real estate company in the history of the world. We planned on being worldwide and we planned on uh, getting a name that we could trademark uh, that uh, really did not stand for an individual, but for a concept. Uh, We sat around uh, brainstorming. Uh, The story's very true. We had a bottle of tequila, some salt and some lime, and we kept trying to say, what do we call this thing? Uh, Nobody thought Dave Lindiger was a good idea, including myself. Uh, We started coming up with real estate maximums because we were going to pay the maximum commission to the agent, maximum service to the customer because we'd all be full-time, maximum recruiting ability for the uh, broker. And we thought that's too long. We shortened it down to RE Max, and we started thinking, well, people still think that's somebody's name. And at that time... uh, one of the oil companies had just changed their name to Exxon. Uh, my research into naming came from a newspaper article on Exxon choosing that name. It was short. It was grabby. It was uh, whatever. It was five or six words. Uh, nobody had ever used it before. And so we shortened real estate maximums to R-E-M-A-X. Threw in a slash. Uh, we were all Vietnam vets. And so red, white, and blue sign. And off we went. Awesome. So Remax was born and uh, started facing, uh, you know, or gaining a little bit of momentum here. But you you faced a lot of challenges in those those early years. What are what are some of the key challenges that you faced in uh, getting this company moving? The biggest challenge of all was my own lack of uh, education and management ability. Uh, I learned leadership in the military. Uh, but I certainly didn't understand proper business practices. Uh, I knew how to sell real estate. I knew how to set goals, how to set up systems, how to uh, give customer service. But that's a big leap from being a salesperson to running a uh, whole group of good salespeople. And so 
that was probably the toughest thing. But then, of course, the industry hated the concept. The powers to be, the biggest brokers in town, felt that we were a real threat. Uh, they were only paying 50-50 commission splits, and here we were offering to pay almost the whole thing. And uh, some of them, very professional, thought that we would just be rent a desk. We weren't going to be part of the professional community. Uh, that wasn't true. We ran our company just like the most professional companies they were. Uh, and then, of course, undercapitalized, a uh, lot of pushback, couldn't get anybody to join the company. The bills mounted up with that uh, poor financial reputation, which brokers could use against us when we tried to recruit agents. But we stuck to it. Uh, at the end of the first year, we actually had 22 agents, and it almost doubled every year. Year number two, we got to 44, three to 84, four to 134, and the fifth year, 289. In the fifth year with 289 agents, uh, we were number one in listings, number one in sales, number one in commissions uh, in the entire state of Colorado. And that's a pretty major accomplishment against two of the most successful real estate companies in history. Interesting sidelight, at that point, we were approximately 80% female. Not one man from the top two companies had joined us yet. They were all on the sidelines. And when we started our campaigns and our advertising, we were now number one. And then the next year, 200 men from the competing companies joined my very band of ladies who had kicked their butts and had taken over as number one in the state. I love it. I love it. What a great story, Dave. The, uh, the, the challenges that you faced were, were many. And you, it looks like you, take and you, you took and you set some goals and you broke down those goals uh, to accomplish that. You, you mentioned uh, five years, uh, 289 agents. I know you had a five-year goal of 300 agents. Is that correct? Yes. I sat with my banker the first day I started the company, January of 73. And uh, I said, you know, if I could recruit five agents a month, uh, in a year I'd have 60. In five years I'd have 300. And with the productivity per agent we thought we'd have, 300 agents would make us the number one company in the state. Uh, he wrote those figures on the back of an envelope, and he actually has that framed in his office to this day. Wow. And so the thing that's interesting about it was it, we didn't get five a month at first, and then we had turnover, obviously. And so you have to uh, make up for the ones you lose plus net the gain of five. But if you look at it, um, you know, 60 months 289 was darn close to 300. Very close. Very, very close. So to get to that number and, and facing the headwinds that you faced, be it the industry, be it competition, uh, it, you know, the, the podcast doesn't do service to the challenges that you faced on a daily basis. And, and the stories are many about you working through the night many, many nights, and you didn't know what a weekend was then. Uh, and, and frankly, you still don't know what a weekend is. You still work on weekends. Um, what kept you focused on getting this going? And what systems and processes did you put in place that, that you feel uh, made a big difference? Well, just like in uh, real estate sales and listings, I kept great statistics. Uh, I kept track of every person I spoke to. And I could tell you that uh, the first month I interviewed 204 people and uh, not a single top producer joined me. I got four marginal producers. 
uh, at the end of the five years when we announced my 289 agents were number one, I went back and we figured out that 74 of the original 204 had joined us in the fifth or sixth year. And so just the persistence, stayed in touch, didn't pester, uh, just kept proving ourselves, uh, was very active on the board, uh, uh, just set my goals, uh, got up every morning knowing what I had to do, how many calls I had to make to get X many uh, appointments, how many appointments I had to make to get somebody to sign up. Um, so I think the first thing was goal setting, but behind the goal setting, it's very important to understand that just being passionate about a goal uh, does not necessarily mean you're going to accomplish it. Uh, read a book recently where somebody said, hey, there's hundreds of people that are out there worldwide, thousands, trying to get a gold medal in the Olympics. They're all passionate. Most of them are willing to work five, six hours a day for years. Uh, but just being passionate and going after the goal doesn't mean that you will get there. Uh, people fall off. They can't handle the sheer boredom of doing the same exercises hour after hour, day after day, year after year. And so uh, we set up systems. Uh, we had uh, systems for follow-up. We had systems that uh, uh, how we could prospect. Uh, we knew what we did to get to the uh, conventions, to the major real estate meetings, the, the places where realtors were gathered. And uh, we worked the system. The second thing that was very, very important uh, was I had a great support group. My first employee was a woman by the name of Gail Main. Uh, interesting enough, uh, 12 years later or so, it was uh, Gail Linegar. But uh, the first years were not romantically involved. She had just become married and then moved to Denver as a trailing spouse. Her husband was a business person that got relocated to Denver. And she didn't think she was ever going to stay with Remax more than six months or a year. But uh, I was a pretty good salesman and told her that uh, we would divide the duties up. She could manage and run the business. Uh, her job was to find office space, uh, buy the furniture, design them, interior design, hire the secretaries, the administrative people, uh, coordinate with uh, legal accounting and all that. And she had a marketing degree, a management background. My job was to be a sales manager. And as a sales manager, two things, recruit and train, or maybe I should say three, and retain. And so by my focusing on recruiting, training, and retaining, that's how we marketed a company. She concentrated on systems and processes of building the business. And uh, started out as a vice president of administration by the... 10-year mark. Uh, she was president and CEO of the company. Uh, I was traveling nonstop 250 days a year, and so somebody had to manage the business. And it worked out as a great partnership. She took the weight of all the day-to-day the -day management off of my back and allowed me to concentrate and focus on recruiting, retention, and training. That's awesome. And Gail is an amazing woman, um, has done so much for this organization that we're, we are super grateful for. So, um, I mean, you guys have just made an incredible team in growing up the business over the years. So, so amazing times in the early years. And we appreciate you taking us through that, Dave. So next time on Start With a Win, we're going to continue this conversation with Dave Linegar. We're going to dive into 
when did Dave hit stride in the company and the growth of the organization uh, when that growth really started heating up? And what were his uh, key influences, moments and milestones in that? So we'll talk to you soon on the next episode of Start With a Win when we bring back co-founder of Remax, Dave Linegar. Thank you so much for joining us today. Make sure to head over to startwithawin.com to get more great content. Please subscribe and rate the show on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Follow Adam on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. And remember, start with a win.